Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio, another true story from True Story FM. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. Hello, Cause Talk Radio listeners. I have an exciting announcement to share before we get started with our episode today. Engage for Goods Marketing and Engagement Manager, Allie Murphy, will be joining me as a co-host on the podcast when I can steal her away from other projects. And today marks her very first appearance on the show. In this episode of Cause Talk Radio, Allie and I have the great pleasure of chatting with Maddie Rotman, Head of Sustainability for Imperfect Foods. Now, I always knew that food waste was a major issue in our country. And let's be honest, sometimes it's been a major issue in my own kitchen. But I didn't realize just how big of an issue it is, including from a climate perspective. Thankfully, Maddie walks Allie and I through not only the scope of the food waste issue, but what Imperfect Foods is doing to ensure our food system becomes more holistic and more sustainable for everyone, from growers to consumers and beyond. Well, hello, Maddie, and welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. Would you just start off today, Maddie, by sharing who you are and what exactly you do at Imperfect Foods? Um, So I'm Maddie Rotman, um, and I am the head of sustainability here at Imperfect Foods. And what do you do? Like, what does that mean? Um, So Imperfect Foods is, um, you know, committed to reducing food waste and building a better food system. And so we have so much impact in our food sourcing. Um, but as a company, we have so much more impact that we can make in every um, node of the food system that we exist in. And so my goal and my job is to sort of take our mission of doing more with less um, and building a better food system and taking that into every area of our business um, and stretching that, that forward. Well, that sounds like a pretty exciting job and a lot of important work. Talk to us a little bit about food waste. How big of an issue is it in our country and why is it such a significant issue? Yeah, it's a very big issue. Um, so as you may know, about 40% of all food produced in the U.S. goes uneaten. Um, and that, you know, food waste exists at the farm level, um, in the grocery store, in the cus- in cus- customers' homes, in your fridge. Um, and so we t- think of that as a really big problem. Um, you know, if you know about 30% of food waste is wasted globally across the supply chain, and that's about 8% of total greenhouse gas emissions. So when we're thinking about building a better food system and a better environment for us to all live in, that's regenerating, um, you know, all of our all of our needs, um, we think of this is really an area that we can tackle. Um, so if to put it in perspective, if food waste were actually a country, it would come third after the U.S. and China in terms of impact on global warming. Um, so that's pretty large. Um, and, you know, when it ends up in the landfill, it actually produces methane gas, which is a greenhouse gas that's 23 times more potent than carbon dioxide. Um, so it's really, really a big problem for us um, after you know, we think about growers producing food and what's left in the ground. Um, we've already sort of put energy into making that food um, and growing delicious, nutritious food. And, and we want to make sure that gets eaten. Um, and so we think about the growers, we think about the environment and we think about the consumer, you know, us eating and all the ways that we can sort of work together to build a stronger food system that works for our growers, our environment and us as end, end eaters. Um, so that we can build a really strong food system um, and sort of recovering that food is where we come in or think of our space um, to help to help address this issue. 
Um, well, as you've just said, y- your entire business model is addressing this food waste issue. So how exactly does it work? I mean, um, are you pulling up to the landfill and with boxes and just <laughs> filling it with food? How does this work? How did how was it started and how does it work? I guess that's that is a great question. Um, we are not pulling up the landfill. We're actually <laughs> starting at the source, right? So we start with the growers and the the field. Um, so we work with a network of over twelve hundred small food producers and farmers, um, and we're sort of working with them. And this started back in the day um, with our co-founders um, going to growers and saying, like, what is the challenge and why does this occur? Um, so starting with that sort of root cause. Um, And one of the challenges was that there wasn't a market for it. And so, you know, a lot of growers, from an incentive perspective, it's easier to leave food in the ground um, if you don't know that you have a market to sell the product. Um, You know, there's harvest labor, there's um, Mm. packing, you know, all of the sort of pieces of the food system that go into this. Um, And so we built that market. Um, So we built the logistical system to sort of work with growers and say, what are you going to have? What do you have that you need to sell? Um, And we, you know, built everything around that. Um, So everything from the trucks to our warehouses to sort of our own last mile delivery so that we could become that node between um, the field and the consumer. Um, And as we've been able to grow and scale and sort of build this model for customers to understand, right? This is a disruptive grocery mission. Um, We're a grocery store on a mission to reduce food waste. And this is really different than what people are used to. Um, And as we sort of educated consumers on what that looks like um, and how they can engage um, in building a better food system by shopping with us, um, we've been able to grow substantially. And so in the last year, we've actually added on grocery items. Um, and so not only are we sourcing sort of produce that might have gone to waste, we're also sort of coming in and taking either raw materials and making a packaged item um, like dried mangoes or pretzel bits. Um, but we're also able to recover product that um, is already made um, and doesn't have a home. <laughs> and so that's everything from pasta that's already packaged to um coffee that doesn't have um, a a buyer. um, So stuff like that. Are you operational in all around the country or are you just in certain markets? I know that you are operational in my neighborhood because as soon as COVID hit, that was one of the first things that I ordered was I'm like, oh, Megan needs imperfect food boxes. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Yeah, we are actually, uh, we are national. So we, about 70% of Americans can access an imperfect foods box. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey to be able to grow our offerings from the product side and the recovery side, but also being able to marry that with accessing more and more customers to sort of create more food access. I like that. I remember a couple of years ago, I had a colleague that signed up when it was Imperfect Produce instead of Imperfect Food. So where do you actually get, you talked about kind of the how and the business model, but where do you actually get your produce from? Over 1,200 growers. Um, So we have growers across the nation, um, both, you know, in California, on the East Coast, um, but also, you know, we are also able to sort of recover some food that's grown in Mexico or um, maybe already imported. But most of our, our strong, strong network of growers um, that really rely on us is across the nation. Um, some pretty, you know, small growers and large growers that sort of now rely on selling their excess to Imperfect. And that's pretty amazing partnership and relationship that we're able to create an access point and a new revenue stream for these growers. Now, is the the produce that you're sourcing, is it organic? Is it a mix? Like what what's the qual what's the qualifications that would 
land a farmer with Imperfect? Um, so we source both conventional and organic. Um, so we work with the growers and what they have um, and market that to our customers. And about 45% of what we sell is organic, um, but you know, 65% of that's conventional. And so we're here to recover product that's delicious, nutritious, um, and whatever our, our customers are sort of looking for. And then when it comes to the other products that you are sourcing, which you talked about, which I definitely noticed, and it's funny you said mangoes because I love dried mangoes. And that was definitely one of the things I popped into my cart. I was like, oh yeah, I will be getting these as well. Um, how do you decide what else gets included in, on your website? And I guess we should say like it's not just that... When you sign up for Imperfect, you get a box full of oversized eggplants. Like you can select what is coming to you. And if, you know, I have a nightshade thing, I'm like, no tomatoes, no eggplants, no peppers, you know. Um, So you get to choose. But how do you decide those other products, like what you include? And, you know, the mango example makes sense to me because you're kind of taking pieces of mango or the pretzel bits or whatever, like you're creating a separate product. But like, how, how else do you decide what gets included? Yeah, I think just to know, it's such a great point that it is customizable because, you know, as we're rescuing product, there's a variety of items, um, but you get to make the decision of what what works for you and your family. Um, so I'm not a mango, dried mango slice lover, but you are, um, but I love <gasps> What? <laughs> Maddie. Um, I know. Um, yeah, I don't know what that that is, but everyone loves them. Um, and I, they are delicious. Um, I just, <laughs> it's not, you your know, thing. every week, it's fine. It's fine. I'll stop judging you now. <laughs> um, I I'm a chocolate pretzel bits lover. Um, those are my, my go-to snack. Um, but yeah, our team is pretty brilliant is what I'll say to how we get those items. Um, so we have a, an amazing team, um, that works sort of two-sided. So once we, we go after, um, items and, products we know need homes. Um, And so that's sort of our team knowing how the food business works and going to those manufacturers and finding their excess, right? So for mangoes, it's, you know, finding the folks that um, have excess mango. For the pretzel bits, it's finding folks that, you know, are packaging pretzels. And we know all that bottom, the crackles um, don't get in the bag. Um, And the same goes for nuts. And so they know we sort of have some experts in the grocery field who have been in this business for a long time and have seen the waste um, and are here to make change. Um, and that's pretty amazing. And then, you know, everything also, t- t- times are changing. Um, and so, you know, with COVID hitting, a lot of um, products have become available because their end use case is no longer possible, right? So we've been able this summer, which has been pretty amazing, to rescue everything from JetBlue snack packs. So they're cheese packs that were already made for the airplanes, um, and popcorn kernels that were made for, you know, ready to go to movie theaters. Um, and so they're able to find both use cases of product that are sort of evergreen and always going to have waste, like, um, you know, nuts, um, and then things that are sort of seasonal or momentary um, opportunity purchases to be able to come in and find new markets for this, this food waste. Um, and so that's pretty great. And then I, I will say that we do have some sort of constant items um, that we're always going to have because we know that um, people are looking for them and we just have really high sourcing standards to make sure that um, we're continuing to build a better food system, even if it's not um, a recovered item. So Maddie is a big fan of the pretzel bits. Megan likes the mango. I would like both in my box personally. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you can order that, Sally. Okay. When you order your box, you can get them both. <laughs> 
I might have to. We're going to find out when I get off the podcast and go search. So you've talked a little bit about kind of the different things that you source, and then you shared some statistics. But what's been the impact of Imperfect Foods on our fruit, on the food waste issue? And how do you track your impact? Um, yeah, this one's such a great question because it's a topic of conversation we're constantly um, having and iterating on. Um, because as we've grown, we've just realized our impact can be so much larger. Um, so I'll say that we've always tracked our impact based on food that we're able to recover and sort of save from a lesser outcome. Um, and, you know, we've been able to save over 100 million pounds of food, which is amazing. Um, and additionally, we've been able to donate over 6 million pounds of foods to our food partners um, who do food access work in our last mile location. So basically what that means is we work with, um, you know, everyone from our food banks in our cities to some really small hyper-local partners that are able to um, access folks who also need food security um, in all over the country. Um, and we work with them to make sure that they um, get food as well. And so that's a huge one. Additionally, we also have a um, reduced cost box for folks that meet SNAP, SNAP income qualifications. We offer 33% um, off of the box so that we can you know, create more food access for those folks that maybe can't afford a full cost box. Um, and we make sure that that number is going up and up of who's able to access that box. Um, and actually during COVID, we were able to um, trial and pilot a 50% off box in the Chicago area, which was pretty amazing. Um, to create more food access. And we even um, waived the delivery fee for um, senior folks um, over 65. Nice. So, you know, as much as we can, we're looking at how much food we're able to recover, how much food we're able to donate, and how much food access we're able to, you know, continue to push forward. Um, but the iteration of our impact is, a, you know, a topic of conversation we're continually moving forward. Um, and this year, we're specifically looking at our carbon impact as well. So being in the food recovery space, um, we want to make sure that we're also um, aware and conscious and pushing forward the carbon impact of our food system and our space there. Lots of variables as the uh, head of sustainability there, Maddie. So <laughs> yeah, and um, I think maybe just to, to clarify there, it's everything right for what we're bringing into our system, what we're able to do as our core business, and then also what we're able to donate on the other end. So it's the upstream, it's the core, and it's the downstream as well. I would love to talk a little bit more about the downstream. Um, yeah. And you know, you talked a little bit about your structure of donating um, to food banks. So how does that all work? And how... I mean, so you've got the food waste and food insecurity, which seems like those two problems should not exist in the same locations, but they 100% do. So can you just dig into that a little bit more? I'd just love to hear about how... Um, you know. I guess there could be a perception out there that, you know, you're taking food that might otherwise go to a food pantry. Um, you know, how, how does, how does that whole equation work? Cause it strikes me as a very complex one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very complex and gray area, right. But just for clarity, um, you know, in 2017, when we were beginning, um, Feeding America was able to recover, receive 1.47 billion pounds of produce, but that was only about 10% of what was left in the field. Um, wow. And so there's so much wow. more food waste um, occurring than we're even able to use through food banks. But that doesn't mean um, we don't work with them because we think of ourselves as complementary services, right? So we both are working for the same game, which is we want to create the most food security we can and make sure that everyone has food on their plate and as much as little food as wasted as possible. So we actually, you know, work with Feeding America annually 
um, on, you know, a, a partnership and a program. And we work with local food banks in each of our cities, um, as well as some hyper-local partners that are, um, you know, able to access different areas of folks, um, you know, by either delivering direct to seniors or, you know, delivering direct to, to different folks that need, fo- need food. Um, and so, you know, we work really closely with them because unfortunately it's a Venn diagram of food recovery, food access, and there's a space in between, um, but there's still so much that needs to get be done in each of these spaces. Um, and so we're really grateful for Feeding America and for the food banks and for all of our local partners working to ensure food security for you know everyone from immigrants to elders um, who don't have access to the food that you know me or you you or I might. Can I just ask about the equation there? Like, are you when you're sourcing foods? Let's say you know you're talking about you know, food waste that gets left into the ground in a farm because it doesn't make sense for them to harvest it. So like, are you calculating that food bank piece into your equation? Like when you're like, okay, we can rescue a thousand pounds of these potatoes or whatever it is. Like, is there off the top um, a portion that would go to a food bank? Or is it more like, hey, uh, Allie and Megan didn't put uh, potatoes in their food box this week. So we're going to donate that because we thought they were going to buy it because they really love potatoes. But this week they didn't. So it's going to go. Yeah, that's a great question. Because um, it's it's not as clear, right? It's not, um, it's not a one-to-one. So the way we actually think about it is we work with each of our farm partners and say, do you have a home for this? If not, we're here for you. Right. So we're not actually competing for the same food. It's not like we're buying the food from the farm that would have been donated. We're buying stuff that wouldn't be donated. Um, or, you know, maybe farms are too small to be able to, um, do the logistics themselves. Or maybe it's already, um, you know, been harvested and at a different location. There's a lot of complexities into how food between food getting harvested and food actually being consumed. Um, and so because we're working with both the food banks and the growers, we know that we're um, working as complementary services to both of these um, sides of the food system. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing. It's such a multifaceted and challenging issue. And then you've hinted at this a little bit already, but I'm sure COVID has kind of turned some of your day-to-day upside down. Can you talk to us a little bit about how the pandemic has impacted your services and what's going on? Yeah, Um it- it's it's been a crazy year, is what I can say for everyone, um, and oh, specifically yeah. the food space. Um, you know, we've both had an amazing opportunity where forty percent of our customers we've we've had an increase in by forty percent of our customer base, uh, which is an amazing opportunity for us to you know show that you know getting your food delivered to your home is an amazing option. Um, and specifically shopping with Imperfect, you are able to trust that. Um, you know, it's effortless and easy to get a box delivered, but you also know that you're helping to build a better food system and you can trust us to making the hard decisions for you. Um, while also this moment has created a lot of excess food. There's been a challenge with COVID and the food system where um, a lot of food that was intended for restaurants or cafeterias or some large food suppliers um, is no longer able to go to those outsources. Um, so we've been able to step in and create um, opportunity or sort of redirect some food that doesn't have a home um, into our consumer's boxes. Um, and that's everything, as I sort of mentioned earlier, um, working with JetBlue on snack packs, but even, um, you know, salami takes a very long time to make. And there was some pretty high-end artis- artisanal salami um, in production for some, you know, cheese shops that 
doesn't have a market anymore. And so we were able to come in and, you know, procure that salami. Um, everything from, you know, food that may have been in 40 pound bags for cafeterias, um, we can now repack into one pound bags ready for consumers. Um, and so there was COVID both increased our customer base, but also increased our opportunity to sort of step in and be this disruption between in the food supply chain um, to be, make sure that everything has a home. It also seems like you probably had some opportunities there. I'd be curious to know what you guys are doing in terms of like, okay, let's say you do have a bunch of gourmet salami, you know, but um, I don't really know what to do with salami. Like, have you had to say like, here's how to make a charcuterie plate and like why it's beautiful and how to, you know, how to dress up your own appetizers in your house, even though you're not having people over. Like, have you had to do like create new demand or like, tell people how to cook an artichoke if they, you know, if you have excess artichokes and they don't, you know, people don't get that. Yeah, that's such a good such a good point. Um, we do, and we have that opportunity to really tell the stories of all the products. So it's everything from, you know, telling you what to do with persimmons, which is, you know, I think I saw that last week on our social media page and I love persimmons, but, you know, have this conversation with my family where they were like, I don't know what to do with these. And, you know, Imperfect comes in and, and tells you options. Um, and also how to cook things, right? So specifically some folks maybe have never cooked certain proteins or have never cooked um, you know, butternut squash, even how to cut a squash. Um, and so we do everything from newsletters weekly to our social media accounts. And we also have an amazing blog called The Whole Carrot um, that has some amazing recipes and just sort of evergreen resources where you can log on and um, type in your ingredient or, you know, s- see different conversations we're having with um, chefs or, you know, people around food access and, and get resources there. Um, because you're right, we do sometimes have to build demand or market for items, um, how, you know, how to de-seed a pomegranate or, um, you know, how to cook different things. It's really important to make sure that you don't have food waste in your home as well. Um, cause that's our goal is to make sure that you know how to use everything and are able to eat delicious food. And it seems like the pandemic has, um, like our president, for example, has been cooking up a storm. And typically, you know, he that's not something he touches. But you know, when you're at home and you're not going out to eat, like people have a little bit different types of time on their hand and they're like, hmm. So I can imagine that being a um a perfect storm for imperfect, even though I'm sure you wouldn't have wished COVID on the world. It's probably um working out well for you guys in terms of a business model. Yeah, not wishing this on anyone, but here to make it a little easier, <laughs> a little easier to make it through. You've shared a lot about kind of what's going on right now. What do you see coming up in 2021 or what are some exciting things on the horizon for you guys? That's um, you know, something I've been thinking about every night. <laughs> um, it's what keeps me up. And, you know, the the beautiful thing about our model and what we're doing here is that we're really here to reduce food waste and build a better food system. And so all of this growth that we've been able to, um, you know, have this year allows us leverage and, you know, sort of a spring point to just do more to build a stronger food system. So every, you know, every new customer we have means that we can buy more food and rescue more food um, that may have gone to waste. And so for us thinking about the future, it's, you know, what new items are we getting? And so, you know, adding more amazing snacks um, that you can put in your box, Megan, next week um, and, you know, increasing the assortment and the ease for our customer, but also thinking, you know, deeper about our impact and our access um, allows us to sort of take this, this leverage point 
of, you know, being able to source this much food and say, you know, changing the narrative and the conversation between growers and consumers to, to make sure that we're pushing the food system in the direction that we need it to go in. Um, and I say need it to go in, you know, to make sure that we have a future. Um, and that's everything from reducing our impact in climate change um, and climate mitigation. Our, and that's why I sort of mentioned that we're looking towards our impact around our carbon footprint per se- specifically, um, because that's, you know, growing food, producing food and eating is an amazing luxury we all get to participate in. Um, but there, there's an impact to it. Um, and that's everything from food recovery, food access, and then our impact, our carbon impact. Well, this has been absolutely phenomenal, Maddie. It's been great to kind of hear from you specifically, the uh, the woman behind the box, if you will, at Imperfect Foods. So thank you so much for being here. If people want to learn more about Imperfect Foods online, how would they do that? Yeah, um, please go find us on www.imperfectfoods.com. Um, and then, you know, we're on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook um, and Twitter. So check us out. But if you want to shop, um, imperfectfoods.com is really where it's at. Awesome. We will put all of that in the show notes, which you can find at engagedforgood.com. Thanks to all of you for joining us today. Thanks again to Maddie and to Allie for my brand new co-host for being here with me today. Megan and Allie, thank you so much. Um, And let me know what's in your box next week. Will do. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks for joining us.